Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the over-the-top studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. This is Ram Radio, and we are visiting with Race Across Oregon champion Nigel Press, checking in from British Columbia. How are you doing, Nigel? I'm pretty good. It was... uh, Really awesome having you at the event and uh, fun having uh, someone kind of new to the sport of ultra cycling come in and just dominate. <laughs> I was the dark horse, I guess, yeah. And you certainly lived up to your billing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about RAO that attracted you? I mean, you've done very, very well at 1,200-kilometer rondonets. Oh, it was always, you know, in the back of my mind of doing an ultra see all I could do with support, see how farther and faster I could go. And what did you find? Could you go farther and faster? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you really see as the major difference having a support crew with you? Oh, just you got that security, of course. And, um, yeah, riding at night was amazing. I've never had that before, having the you know, light road lit up for you. It was beautiful. Descending was much safer. And what was your mindset when you went into the event? Did you go there to explicitly race it? Um, and if you did, were you able to keep that all the way through the event? Um, yeah, I did want to go out and you know prove myself to see how you know see what I could do. I've ridden with Mick and Walsh and Chris Wagstill quite a bit, so I knew that I could probably be competitive. But I didn't know how I was going to do it in like a race situation, never doing it before. But it kind of went out as planned. Well, when Mick and Chris contacted me and said you had to be the prohibitive favorite, I mean, I respect those guys so much. It was like, okay, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot from riding with those guys over the last few years. So, What were some of the tips that really helped you the most? Oh, eating, eating from Chris. I was not. I was thinking I was going to be eating a lot more. I mean, I did miss some eating spots in times, but that was just because I was getting exhausted. But <laughs> yeah, just when to eat, what to eat. I was practicing with Insure and nibbling all the time. Usually on Bervais, I'm stopping for a meal. Oh, so you really kept up a steady input of calories. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until the nighttime where I kind of started to to fail at that <laughs> and your pace you stayed very even throughout how did you do that um just a lot of training i guess during the winter again riding with the other experienced riders 
over the years. I've gotten gotten pretty well at that. And in your training, did you specifically try to go big miles? Did you work on speed? Kind of what did, what was the focus of your training? A lot of climbing and keeping keeping an average speed about around 29k on on rides. Seeing if I could do that the whole way through, starting with 200 kilometer rides and doing a brevet season, and seeing if I could just hold that through 400 and 600k. I would say with Race Across Oregon, doing a lot of climbing was a very smart approach. Yes. Yeah. Two weeks before, I went and climbed our local ski hill a couple times just to see. So I was going over the elevation profiles and like, ooh, the first climb is three quarters up Mount Seymour. Okay, so how does this play out? <laughs> what did my average look like? So. And then how were you able to stay focused on your ride? Were you ever thinking about the other competitors at all? Yeah, I was hoping Mick was going to do well. I was glad that Cheryl and my crew were didn't tell me what was going on because <laughs> that probably would have dampened my spirits knowing he had to drop out. And he was having a great race. Uh, yeah. I was really sad to see that happen as well. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. your crew, I'm assuming you had completely rookie crew as well. How did they handle it? Oh, cr- completely except for... Um, John Henry, Maurice. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah. You yeah. had an excellent crew member there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had yeah, two rookies and one very experienced guy, which really helped. And what was the dynamic like with them? Did they get along with John Henry? I think so, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> or hit it from they, you? They all, they all want to do it again. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So are you planning on coming back and doing the crossing next year? Yeah, I would like to, yeah. That's one of my plans for next for upcoming upcoming years and did this spur you to want to do something like race across the west that's uh you know almost a thousand miles 928 i believe uh or race across america yeah well yeah those are always yeah whenever i'm on a long ride those are always in the back of my mind thinking i wonder if i could do it so possibly (laughs) it would be uh pretty fantastic to see you out there you really impressed a lot of people at race across oregon that was uh it was fantastic to watch you ride. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, this was, uh, I turned 40 this year, so I was like, it's now or never. <laughs> I'm feel, feeling really strong, so. Now, what, I kind of want to back up here and really get into what got you interested in cycling in the first place. I mean, you are built like a pro racer, uh, tall, beanpole thin, and you climb like a maniac. I get that's just a fluke. I gotta thank my parents for that. Uh, no, I just I grew up skateboarding, and I was around 27, 28, and my body wasn't liking skateboarding anymore. <laughs> so I had to find something different, and I started cycling a lot, and just randomly bumped into some randomers coming back from a ferry, and they were like, "Oh, we'll show you the good route back into Vancouver," and that's how I got hooked up with randomering, and then it's just snowballed from from that ever since. So you didn't start cycling till you were in your late 20s? Yeah, about 30 when I started randomering. Wow. And when yeah. did you do your first 1,200K? Uh, the second year randomering. I went, to, went and did PBP in 2007. So you did PBP your second year of randomering. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite ride that you've done? Oh, 
Uh, REO for sure. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, the, yeah, the scenery, just the challenge. Like, it's just never-ending climbing. It's amazing. <laughs> What's your favorite 600K? Yeah. Pardon me? What's your favorite 600K? My favorite 600K? Hmm, that's... That's a tricky one. I, I I put together a pretty nice route this year. Uh, maybe that's my favorite one. <laughs> Down to Marysville and through Washington. Washington State, starting in British Columbia and all the back roads in Washington State to Marysville. And then how about 1,200K? What's your favorite? My favorite 1,200 has got to be the Cascades. And why is that? Uh, the variation of the scenery. Every You get every climate zone pretty much. You get... Scorching heat, you get rain, you get amazing volunteers and food. <laughs> now, what I'm liking hearing you say is how important the scenery is to you because that tells me that you're actually enjoying what you're doing when you're out there riding and racing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the sunsets on the Oregon were amazing, or the sunset and the sunrise. And now, when you're in all those canyons, it's just beautiful. Now, is there anything that you would see yourself doing better, a way that you feel you could improve on the ride that you did at RAO? Oh, listening to my crew when I should have been eating. I, <laughs> I, missed, a few, I missed a few times where I thought I was feeling really good, and then all of a sudden I wasn't. <laughs> so I think I could have finished stronger if I would have eaten a bit better. Interesting. Yeah. What did you focus on as far as food? What were you eating? Uh, lots of insure, nibbling on cookies, and cookies, some gels. That was about it. Some things that really stood out to you as a rookie racer that you would want to pass on to someone coming in and doing an ultra race? Listen to your crew, because your brain's going to be pretty fried. <laughs> um, yeah, get, an, get at least one experienced crew member. That would help, definitely, because I think we would have gotten lost if, if we didn't have John Henry a few times. <laughs> well, and what a star he is out there. I mean, he's crewed for you, Dave Hossie when he won, um, Mick Walsh the year he won solo. Yeah. So, yeah, a guy like John Henry is pretty invaluable. Exactly, yes. And also good to have someone like him who's an experienced writer as well. Yeah, yeah, he knows. And, yep, I, I was lucky, Cheryl. She's very experienced. And my friend Darren, he's known me since I was 16. So I got lucky with a good crew. Excellent. Yeah. Now, what are your plans for the rest of uh, 2016? Uh, I want to get 1,000K in. I haven't had one, haven't ridden a 1,000-kilometer brevet this year. And we're going to go down to Seattle and more ride there 600, Cheryl and I on the tandem, in a couple weeks. That should be fun. And got a couple passes and then a lot of gravel. <laughs> <laughs> and what are your kind of target races for 2017? Oh, I want to come back and do REO again. That's my main target one, I think. Uh, hopefully we will have that course set within the next two weeks at the most. Uh, I'm working with ODOT on putting that crossing route together, and I think it's going to be a pretty special course. I'll start training into the headwind. <laughs> <laughs> headwind drive. That's true. Race into the headwind is what it should be. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nigel, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us, and thank you so much for coming down and just dominating at Race Across Oregon this year. 
Well, hey, thank you very much for organizing and all the work you do. My pleasure. Okay. Uh, Ram Radio from the Over the Top Studios, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.